Hey, faithful listener, grab your cup of coffee and experience the Bible in a way you never have before. P40 Ministries is a podcast that goes through the Bible cover to cover. It's an awesome narrative that focuses your mind and prepares your heart for God to speak. So join your host, Jen, for a biblical podcast that's hilarious, informative, imaginative, and fun. The P40 Ministries podcast. Listen now as we go through the book of Leviticus. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into the P40 Ministries podcast on this beautiful Monday morning. Hope you guys had a fantastic week and are ready to dive right into the Bible. And yeah, for me, this past weekend was freezing. Okay, so where I live is very snowy right now. But on Saturday, oh my gosh, it was so cold. I had to go outside. I had to go somewhere and uh, my car was frozen over like frozen. And so I couldn't even get the car door open. (laughs) I had to put my entire body weight into opening the car door. And I'm just like, man, I hope I don't break my handle off. But I didn't. It was okay. And I got into my car, turned it on, and my windshield wipers were just stuck to my windshield. It was so fun. It was so fun because I had to go and scrape off all the ice from my windshield and all over the rest of the car. So we've been getting a lot of ice this year, which is not fun. Like snow is more manageable, in my opinion. Ice is awful because it sticks to your car. It makes you fall. It uh, is hard to snow blow. And obviously driving conditions with ice is just terrible. But this year we've had a very cold, very icy winter. And I am really excited for when spring rolls around. And, you know, normally I'm okay. Like, I, I do enjoy the snow for the most part. I don't enjoy being cold. <laughs> but I do enjoy the snow. I think it's beautiful. But this year I'm getting close to being ready for spring, which is awesome because hopefully spring is in another month or so for for me. But yeah, I hope you guys had a fantastic weekend. I hope that your uh, weather was great. But let's dive right in to Leviticus chapter 11, verses 26 through 40. We're going to be talking more about some unclean animals and clean animals. And something that I picked up on about uh, this portion that I really had to look up and research because I just didn't understand what was happening with this particular thing. And I'll talk about that in a second. So let's read Leviticus 11, 26 through 40 today. Every animal that does not have a divided hoof or that does not chew the cud is unclean for you. Whoever touches the carcass of any of them will be unclean. Of all the animals that walk on all fours, those that walk on their paws are unclean for you. Whoever touches their carcasses will be unclean till the evening. Anyone who picks up their carcasses must wash their clothes and they will be unclean till evening. These animals are unclean for you. Of the animals that move along the ground, these are unclean for you. The weasel, the rat, any kind of great lizard, the gecko, the monitor lizard, the wall lizard, the skink, and the chameleon. Of all those that move along the ground, those are unclean for you. Whoever touches them when they are dead will be unclean until evening. When one of them dies and falls on something, that article, whatever its use, will be unclean, whether it is made from wood, cloth, hide, or sackcloth. Put it in water. It will be unclean till the evening, and then it will be clean. 
If one of them falls into a clay pot, everything in it will be unclean and you must break the pot. Any food you are allowed to eat that has come into contact with water from any such pot is unclean and any liquid that is drunk from such a pot is unclean. Anything that any one of their carcasses falls on becomes unclean. An oven or a cooking pot must be broken up. They are unclean, and you are to regard them as unclean. A spring, however, or a cistern for collecting water remains clean, but anyone who touches one of the carcasses is unclean. If a carcass falls on any seeds that are to be planted, they remain clean. But if water has been put on the seed and a carcass falls on it, it is unclean for you. If an animal that you are allowed to eat dies, anyone who touches its carcass will be unclean until evening. Anyone who eats some of its carcass must wash their clothes and they will be unclean till evening. Anyone who picks up the carcass must wash their clothes and they will be unclean till evening. I don't know how many times I said unclean <laughs> during this portion of scripture. It was probably like 40 times, I would guess. It was a lot of uncleans in this one. But you know, these food laws are just so fascinating to me. And definitely go back and listen to the episode I did on Friday with David Guzik. He is the uh, commentary writer of Enduring Word. And if you have ever looked up something about a particular portion of scripture, you probably went over to Enduring Word at one point or another, because it is the most famous online Bible commentary nowadays. And so I would love for you guys to uh, check out that episode that I did on Friday with David Guzik, who is the commentary writer of Enduring Word. And he talked a lot about um, the different unclean animals and why this stuff was so important back in those days. And he talked about how this was literally protecting the Israelite people. But now we're going into like a whole new different set of animals that are considered unclean. And from verses 26 to 28, these animals are the ones that have paws. So any animal that had a paw, God says was not good for people to eat. And, you know, animals with paws, obviously, we know of the big one, which is dogs. Dogs have paws. Cats have paws. Bears, I think, have paws. So any animal that has a paw, God says, don't eat it. That is unclean for you. You should not be, you know, like making farms of dogs so that they can be shipped off for meat. And in my opinion, though, I don't know if you guys agree with this or not. I kind of think that this was sort of a humane thing because who wants to eat a dog? Like dogs are just so cute. People have a natural response when they see dogs. In fact, I think there's even something that says that spending time with a dog actually um, makes you happier. <laughs> I think it was children and dogs just naturally make an adult happier. So to me, I just kind of feel like it was God telling people to be humane in a way. I don't know if uh, other people would agree with me on that or not. But naturally, people have a tendency to um, kind of do weird things for profit. And if God had been like, yeah, you know, you can eat a dog. I can't even imagine how inhumane stuff like that would be. Because, I mean, already, you know, people complain so much about how uh, the market for meat is very inhumane. And there's a huge push for making it more and more humane. But I mean, one way or the other, dogs, cats, animals with paws, not good for eating. And God says that uh, these animals are unclean for you. So then moving on in verses 29 through, uh, let's see here, verse 33, I believe. God is talking about the animals that 
scurry along the ground. <laughs> I think that's the uh, KJV version of that, the animals that scurry along the ground. So this would be stuff like chipmunks and squirrels, rats, mice. Yeah, you don't want to eat that stuff. Like that stuff is all kind of bad for you. I mean, ugh, a rat. Ugh. Who would want to eat a rat? Like, that's just nasty. Okay, a weasel, a rat, any kind of great lizard. The gecko, the monitor lizard, the wall lizard. So basically all lizards are just off the table here. The skink and the chameleon. I used to actually own geckos when I was a little kid. We had two geckos. Yeah, not an animal you want to eat. Like, those... <laughs> the one gecko I had, um, he was just very... Uh, shy and then my sister's gecko he was the meanest gecko ever so because i was so young i was not allowed to clean the cage because my sister's gecko was just mean like he just wanted to bite everything and bite fingers so yeah yeah gecko's probably not a great thing to eat and god says that these animals are unclean for eating don't eat them they're not good for you and God goes on to say, whoever touches them when they are dead will be unclean till evening. Same thing for with the animals with paws. Anything that touches the animals when they are dead will be unclean until evening. So then God goes on to talk about the animals that die into food containers. So God says that when any of these animals dies and falls on something, that article, whatever its use, will be unclean, whether it is made of all these different uh, materials, wood cloth, hide, or sackcloth. And God says that if an animal gets into some of your stuff that um, can be washed with water, for example, wood, if an animal gets into that, then that item is unclean. Now, this would have been so monumental at this time period. You know, God was making it very specifically clear that the Israelites needed to be protected and that they shouldn't be eating this stuff because, you know, touching dead animals and eating con out of containers that a dead animal was in without washing it. Nowadays, we would be like, are you nuts? Why would you not wash that pot when you found a dead rat in it? We would be like, you need to go see somebody for this. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, nowadays it's absolutely nuts if if somebody was like eating out of a container where like a dead rat was in. But in these days, these people didn't understand that. They didn't know that dead animals were bad for you, that they had diseases. I mean, modern science wasn't around back in these days. So these people had no clue. So when God is like giving all these instructions of what to do with like dead animal carcasses and stuff, like David Guzik said on Friday, it was just completely healing and changing the way the Israelites did stuff. This was protecting them from strange diseases, from bubonic plague. You know, this was protecting the Israelite people. Now, moving forward, God says that if an animal dies in a clay pot, because that probably would have been the most common substance back in those days was making pots out of clay. But you can't wet clay because I don't know if you guys have ever done clay before. I actually took a uh, clay class when I was in high school. I was not very good at it, but <laughs> but when you wet the clay, it kind of just deteriorates. And they certainly didn't have any kind of like sealant to put over top the clay back in those days. So obviously a clay pot probably couldn't get washed very well. And, and also clay is very porous. So that dead animal, whatever was on it or what caused it to die, 
a disease, something, their blood, it could probably soak into that clay and you would not be able to wash that. The clay would just deteriorate anyway at that level, I would guess. So God says that at that point, the clay stuff just needs to be shattered. Don't use it anymore. Make it unusable. God says it needs to be broken up. And the pots now are considered unclean and you are to regard them as unclean. So everything, even if there was food inside of that pot and you found like a dead bug, that means that that food had to be all thrown out and the clay pot had to be broken. I have a um, issue with mice right now in my my new house and the mice are downstairs in the basement. And so I left... um, (laughs) My husband got me a bunch of uh, Ferrero Rochers. Is that how you say it? And I left them open like they, they weren't unwrapped, but I left the box open downstairs and a mice got into it and was munching away and left little poops all over in the Ferro Rocher box. And I was sad. I was very sad because I have to throw all these out now. But that's the natural thing that you and I do nowadays, because we know that if something has poop on it, especially mouse poop that causes many diseases, we know don't eat it. So all my Ferrero Rochers just got thrown in the trash. I was quite sad about that. But yeah, I mean, this is making me want to get rid of that mouse. So I called an exterminator to come out because mice cause diseases and they can't be getting into food. They can't be getting into my pantry and getting into my rice and leaving their droppings in my food and pasta and rice like It's not healthy. It's bad. So that is making me want to get rid of that mouse because I can't be having that. And so if the people knew back in these days that they're going to have to uh, get rid of all that food, which was probably very precious to them back in these days when food would have been harder to uh, to get, they would probably want to make sure that mice and animals like that stay out of the house. And this would be for the poorest person as well. This would be motivation for that poor person to make sure that no mice is getting into his or her food. So this was huge. I mean, this was huge for making sure that the Israelites were protected, continued to stay healthy. We're not uh, eating animal poop anymore and not gaining these diseases because of that or any other disease that would be on a dead animal's body. Moving forward in verse 39 through 40, God says that if an animal that you are allowed to eat dies, anyone that touches its carcass will be unclean till evening. This was the part where I had to do a lot of research on because I'm like, how possibly could a priest remain clean? You know, because God placed big importance on a priest remaining ceremonially clean. How could a priest remain clean if, uh, He was supposed to kill these animals, these clean animals that people were, in fact, allowed to eat. So I had to look this up and it seems to me, I might be wrong about this, but from my understanding of it, it seems to me that this is specifically talking about animals that die naturally. So if an animal, you know, that was allowed to be eaten, say a cow, no, let's say like a sheep or something, you know, a man has a herd of sheep and one dies of natural causes. If that animal died naturally, it would be considered unclean. That man could still go and eat the meat of that animal, but he would be considered unclean and anything that that animal touched would be considered unclean. And they'd have to go through preventative measures to make sure that that body of that animal, that carcass, was not contaminating other things. So I believe for the priests, 
or anybody else that uh, say they took a sheep from their herd and uh, killed it for their meal that night, that would not be something that they would be considered unclean for, if that makes sense. This sounds to me like it's only animals that die of natural causes. But I did look it up even more when God told them to um, kill a cow, a female cow in numbers much later on. We'll talk about that later. God actually told the priest to wash himself and um, do like different things that would almost be like cleansing a leper, which we'll talk about the leper stuff that's coming up next, actually. We'll talk about the leper stuff soon, and I'm actually going to have a guest on to talk about uh, some of the stuff with lepers. He's actually a Levite. He was raised in a Jewish home, which was believed to be Levite. So he's coming on the podcast, I believe, next week. So definitely tune in for that one. He's going to be bringing us some really interesting stuff about the lepers. But when God said in Numbers that the priest would have to wash himself and almost go through the same kind of... uh, cleaning steps I suppose that a leper would have to take. I might be wrong about this, but maybe that was also part of some of the some of what the priest had to do to remain clean during the sacrificing of certain animals is kind of what it sounds like to me. But I believe that was only on special occasions. For the most part, the priests, when they sacrifice the animals on a day-to-day basis, I do not believe that that would cause them to be unclean. But if you guys have something else you would like to add to that, I would love to know. So always contact me at www.p40ministries.com contact. I try to read everybody's notes and get back to them when I can. So I would love for you guys to contact me with any questions you have, with any comments you have. Like if you have something else to add, sometimes please feel free to uh, contact me. I try to be very accessible to the people who listen to this podcast. Friends and faithful listeners, don't forget to tune in next Friday, I believe for an episode with um, Andrew Rappaport, who was the man I was just talking about, who is a Levite. And uh, I asked him how, but I'm not going to tell you guys how he knows he's a Levite, so you'll have to just tune in next Friday to find out how he knows that he is Levite. Friends and faithful listeners, don't forget to uh, tune in tomorrow for an episode out of Luke, and I've got an exciting giveaway coming up that I'm really looking forward to, and I hope you guys are as well. Happy listening and God bless.